by moving sort of the scripted automatic stuff into automation, you free the agent to be an actual person and engage more intimately with the customer and provide a better experience. I mean, really, it's all about that. Welcome back to the CX Pulse podcast. On today's show, we've got a returning guest who we first met back in April of 2022 on episode 15, where we discussed the contact center and AI and making real world progress. And on today's show, our guest is Keith Dawson. Now, Keith is the Vice President and Research Director in Customer Experience at Ventana Research. So, Keith, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here again. Yeah, a returning guest. Like I said, last time we talked about the contact center and AI and making that real world progress. And today we're going to discuss a different topic about how self-service has changed and what you think is driving those changes. But before we get into that, I want us to share with our listeners and our viewers here, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and your research. Sure. I come from originally the contact center space, and it has expanded a little bit as the customer experience has moved beyond the contact center to take in some of the other processes and businesses that are adjacent to or touch the customer. So I've been looking at that for more than 30 years now, and I've generally looked at it from the point of view of how things solve business problems rather than you know what's the underlying technology, because that changes from time to time. But business problems are here. They never really go away. Right. Well, as we dive into our topic today and talk about self-service, why don't we start with the big question of what is self-service? Give us a big overview before we talk about the specifics about changes and the evolution. It's great, actually, that you started there because the common conception of what self-service is, I think, is changing quite a bit, both from the point of view of the organization offering it and from the point of view of the customer. Traditionally, when we think of self-service, we think of a customer calling up and being intercepted by an IVR system and directive voice response system that could be used for basic information gathering or for routing you to a particular department or person. While that's still there, that's still a very important component of it. It's fair to broaden what we think of as self-service now to include just about any self-directed information gathering thing that the customer might be doing, right? And this is not really how most people are trained to think about self-service, but if we really want to think about things from the customer's point of view, if they're going to a website and doing some research, if they're looking at customer communities or talking to peers on Facebook or other social media, that in many ways is a form of self-service. It's not necessarily the kind of self-service the business can control completely, but it should be thought of as part of that self-directed process that the customer engages in before they start talking to a live agent or engaging in a more direct, meaningful way with the business. Yeah, it sounds like it's adding to those channels, right? Those channels that need to be really well understood in order to work really well. And, you know, Keith, you say you've predicted that 70% of interactions will be mixed human and automated. So do you think this will continue? And is there a ceiling on the use of automation at the front line? I have predicted 70%. It's funny because I made that prediction about a year ago. And since then, it seems that we're already at somewhere around 50%, right? It's interesting to think about how things have changed over time. The traditional rule of thumb going back many years was that you could effectively capture about 30, 35% of customer interactions in the front, in the automated system, usually the IBR system. 
you know, that was considered pretty good. You know, you're saving quite a bit of resources and making agents' lives easier if you can do that. Now we seem to be about 50%, plus or minus, and obviously it's going to differ depending on what business you're in and where you are in the world and what your customer base looks like. But the fact that we've gone up so significantly is attributable to a couple of things, both the on the customer side, the customers are much more likely to want to engage, to be comfortable in that environment, but also the use of some new technologies and new processes to get people not just more comfortable, but to make the experience of self-service a little bit more useful, a little bit more precise in terms of what they're trying to get at. So to your question about, is there a ceiling? I do expect that we're going to be at or around 70% pretty quickly. And I've seen some indications that it actually is even higher if you think about mixed interactions, like an interaction that starts in self-service and then ends up at the agent, that there's a much higher portion of that too. And you know, I think that there likely isn't a ceiling that isn't close to 100% because the number of interactions that need to go directly to a live agent without any qualification is actually pretty small. They are very important, those calls, though, that the ones that need to get through the gateway and be handled by a live agent. You don't want every single interaction going through self-service because then you logically you miss opportunities to upsell or to cross-sell or to build more empathic relationships that are human-based instead of automation-based. It also could be something as simple as stroking the higher value customers using a human touch and making agent and service seem like a bonus. But long answer to a short question, I think there is a ceiling in that you don't want everything to go through, mm -hmm. but I think you can clearly automate the vast majority of at least part of most interactions. Yeah. It's funny. It was just yesterday. I'm involved in a nearly perfect interaction of like a self-service interaction and then a handoff to an agent because I'm waiting on a big delivery to a high rise who needs all these details. And I'm waiting on a certificate of insurance. And if they really get it back from this email interaction that I've now switched to, I will be so impressed because we had started off, I just thought, okay, trust the bot, see if they can get me this information. And they couldn't, but the interaction, that handoff has gone really well. And when you need those types of details, it's such a frustration because you could miss a spot, your delivery slot. So the consequences are higher. So in that same vein, what's the impact that self-service handoffs like this have on the agents? How can they experience the job? And also, how are they managed? There are some significant changes actually that are happening. And I think part of it is that if you raise the number, the portion of calls, I'm using the word calls because historically most of it has been voice. I actually mean all different kinds of interactions, voice plus digital. So let me just stipulate that. So if you increase the number of interactions calls that you capture that are served fully and happily before reaching the agent, then the calls that go through, the ones that make it through that gateway are harder. They're longer possibly because the question that's being asked may be more naughty, require more resources to find an appropriate answer. They also may very likely be of higher value, right? Either the call itself or the customer may have a historically high value. You may be offering something. I mean, there's an old example of selling cruise vacations. This is a cliched example going way back, but the idea was if you're going to spend that much money on a product and it's a B2C engagement. You're not in a B2B, but you're an actual consumer and you're going to spend a lot of money on a trip. You want that agent to spend more time with you, making sure that the entire process is to your satisfaction. And I think people used to talk about cruises in this way because it's generally a repeat business and you want to keep that customer satisfied. So I've gotten away from your question, which was about agents. No, it's a great example though. 
Well, what I was trying to get to when talking about the agent was that if those calls are harder and they require more special handling, then the kind of agent that you're going to need to select for is going to be slightly different, right? You may need to change the nature of the, the skill set that you're hiring for or that you're training for. For example, you may want to emphasize more in the realm of problem solving and judgment, right? Or advocacy or empathy. You may also want to find agents who are more likely or quicker to identify moments of opportunity for presenting the customer with something that's not on the agenda necessarily or right. not in their field of view. So that changes the way that the agent pipeline and the agent training set is handled. From a more day-to-day -day point of view, I think what improvements in self-service and increasing amount of self-service tends to do is put the agent more in control of the individual interaction as it's happening and gives them, I believe, a greater sense of self-satisfaction, a greater sense of engagement with their work, with their job. And, you know, there are a series of things that I think are sort of happening in tandem industry-wide that may impact over time the rates of attrition and the length of tenure of agents and the ability to retain agents that are better skilled or more engaged with customers in their job. Agents are also customers, right? So they understand what the customer is experiencing when they go through self-service. So there's a baked in sort of sense that the agent is more truly an advocate now than they were in the past. By moving sort of the scripted automatic stuff into automation, you free the agent to be an actual person and engage more intimately with the customer and provide a better experience. I mean, really, it's all about that. Right. Well, seeing things from both perspectives is so important in every aspect of life. And in this case, especially, right? And also what you said earlier about we want these tasks to be completed. We want to close the loop, which feels good for everybody involved. So the agent really is working towards a solution just as much as the customer wants their answer met. Can I just add one more thing to my answer? Yeah. It's also true that the technology that's being made available at self-service, and here we're talking about advanced AI now, and there's a lot of contours to AI, and that's a whole other conversation, but one of the things that the presence of AI tools in the self-service environment does is it enhances the knowledge resources that are behind the scenes. Because if you use AI to present a customer self-service with AI-generated answers, the agent has access to that same source of information. So from an agent's point of view, it also opens the door to real-time guidance in the moment of the interaction of having the automated system be able to suggest next best actions or guide them through a particularly difficult or unusual situation. So there's that aspect of making the agent's lives a little bit easier in the moment as well. Oh, yeah. I've thought this before. It's kind of like a co-pilot, right? You have someone there helping guide you along in this ever-changing world of these scenes. And you talk a lot about the importance of knowledge resources yeah. in building better automation. So can you describe why that's so important and why and how it affects customer engagement? Yeah. The best way to think about knowledge resources is as the glue that connects different parts of the customer experience process together. The core knowledge that an agent has access to or a self-service system has access to is content that comes from a lot of different sources. 
it could be product data, it could be problem data, it could be customer data, right? Transaction history or assumptions that you make about a person's intent. There's a lot of nuance to it, right? A lot of different sources that all come into play. And it underpins, I think, the ability of a customer to achieve any success at all in the front end and the ability of the agents to correctly deal with the customers that make it through that gateway, including keeping the two parties to the interaction on the same page. You have to ask, do they have access to the same source of information? Are they both reading from the same script, basically about what a product's features are or how much service is a person entitled to on a warranty purchase or something like that? The history is consistent one end of the transaction to another. And it seems like that should be pretty basic, but in reality, that's a very hard hill to climb in a lot of centers because the knowledge itself is so diffuse. It's often in multiple formats and it's often siloed away. So having a system that can organize it all together, make it consistent, make it available where needed in the moment is, I think, a real advancement in context center operations and will have impacts that we are only just beginning to see. So you're just saying, start using that data as soon as possible. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, we've been hearing a lot about the agent perspective side of things. Let's switch it now to the customer perspective. What are customers experiencing when they engage with more automated systems? What does it feel like? You know, it's funny because the pandemic has really, I don't know that it changed things that much, but it opened up a lot of people's view of the possible. You asked me earlier to sort of define self-service. And I think when we think about self-service or the front end or the pre-sales or pre-contact engagement, we're talking about certainly chatbots and next generation IVR, but we're also talking about things like engaging with a kiosk in a retail environment. If you go to a restaurant and you scan the QR code for the menu, or you're at a bus shelter and you scan the QR code in an advertisement, these are all sort of forms of self-service. It's content that dynamically adjusts, right? Even content on web pages is a form of self-service. And these are not typically the domain of the contact center. And that's why some of the changes are going a little bit unnoticed by people within contact centers. But when you think about what the customer's experience is with all of these things, first, it's a richer, more diverse experience. It provides them with a lot more on-ramps into a company's systems could be via the app or it could be via the QR codes or even you know a more traditional web engagement or chat engagement. From their point of view, what are they going to find? They're going to find interactions that are overall more contextually relevant, more knowledge available at the point of interaction means that you're more likely to zero in on what they're actually looking for and that it will be the same from interaction to interaction. So they're likely to be more satisfied in that way. They're also going to be experiencing a greater degree of personal preference, right? They can approach an organization through whatever channel or means they find most convenient. And, you know, I say channel because we're used to contact centers thinking about channels, but a lot of these things aren't really channels in the traditional sense, website, kiosks, QR codes, all that sort of thing. What it really does is it enhances the customer's ability to choose. It enhances the quality of the interaction that the customer experiences. It makes for the business a more easily captured information environment because it's all consistent. And I believe that over time, what organizations will learn to do is quantify or better measure things like customer satisfaction and loyalty and value based on some of those new kinds of interactions and then be able to present the consumers, the customers with an iteratively further better experience. People used to complain 
about IVR, right? They didn't like being cut off before you'd hear all kinds of stories like people shouting, agent, agent. Right. <laughs> you know, okay, that still happens and that's fine. But I think we're incrementally moving to a place where self-service is functionally better and a better experience overall. It helps people more than it used to. Oh, it's gotten so much better. You really can't complain, all things considered. It's really pretty incredible. And when it works well, it is. It's just a handoff of information where you're going, okay, right now it's more convenient. It sort of anticipates, okay, now she needs a text message about this delivery. She needs this update. And when it all works and I don't have to put a password in, that makes me happiest. But, you know, <laughs> boy, well, Keith, I've really enjoyed our conversation today. This has just been a lot of helpful advice. So before we wrap up, why don't you let everybody know how we can get in touch and learn more about you and your research? Absolutely. People can visit ventanaresearch.com. I am also on LinkedIn at Keith Dawson. I am available on Twitter at KDawsonVR, widely available. You know, I encourage people to check out some of the analyst perspectives that I've written recently, it's all freely available outside of paywall. So welcome the feedback. Well, that is generous and very helpful. Well, Keith, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Very happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the CX Pulse podcast. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. This podcast is brought to you by NICE, the world's leading cloud CX platform. Go to NICE.com to learn more about our innovative and comprehensive end-to-end -end CX solutions. That's NICE.com.